Gap Year Universe. I'm Julia Rogers. And I'm Margot Brookfield. Welcome to Gap Year Radio, the show that brings you information and inspiration to plan a life-changing Gap Year adventure. Today on the pod, we welcome Vanessa Dedman, who took a semester off during college to participate in a semester with Carpe Mundi in Spain and Morocco. Margot, you had a chance to speak with her. What did you learn about Vanessa's time when you spoke? Yes, it was so great to be able to chat with Venicia and hear her many stories about the growth and fun and challenges that she encountered during her semester abroad. Um, she even started by reading us an excerpt from her journal from the first day that she landed in Morocco and her first impressions of landing in this totally foreign environment, which I think for anyone who remembers their first time going abroad, it's like those that overwhelming sensation of smells and sights and um, first impressions and questioning why, you know, everything's so different. So really, really cool, um, super beautiful to just hear those, you know, handwritten notes from her first time landing there. Um, she also tells us just about pushing outside of her comfort zone, like trekking in the Atlas Mountains of Morocco or walking the Camino de Santiago in Spain. She even shares with us some pretty funny and enlightening homestay stories that she experienced all over there. So um, as well as how those experiences are now impacting her in college and her current, you know, studies and path and takeaways that she's been able to bring into her life at home still, like disconnecting from technology, things like that, that have been just really cool to hear something I think we could all use more of. Wow, that sounds really great. And um, and Benicia was part of the Carpe Mundi program, which is a nonprofit organization that provides low-income first-generation Portland, Oregon college students with a year-long mentorship and scholarship program that includes this experiential education study abroad program. And it's, um, it's one more way that the gap year industry is working on creating more pathways that remove the financial barriers to have these amazing international experiences. So um, I, and I'm sure that you kind of got that impression from Venetia about how um, amazing and enlightening this experience was for her and her, her cohort members too, right? Oh my gosh, 100%. Yes, it sounds like they're all still quite close and yeah, that it has just impacted her in so many ways. So definitely lots of great insights shared here. Definitely. And, you know, one of the cool things about Carpe Mundi is that it offers a lot of support for these students because they are going internationally, usually for the first time or, or at the very least to a new place that they haven't been before. There's, um, you know, different challenges and barriers for, for first generation and low income students to traveling. So Carpe Mundi really works closely with these students um, to make sure that their experiences, um, you know, is, is as successful as possible. So for anybody who's interested in learning more about this model of programming, um, check them out at carpemundi.org. Um, it's a really fantastic organization. Absolutely. So without further ado, let's get to Venezia. Let's get started. Welcome to the pod, everyone. Today we have Venezia Dedman joining us, who is an alum of Carpe Mundi's semester in Spain and Morocco from 2019. So really excited to hear more about that today. And welcome to the pod, Venezia. Hi, thank you for having me. Awesome, awesome. So I guess my first question, Venezia, is what brought you first to decide to take time away from the classroom? I know you were already, you know, taking college classes and such, but to pursue an experience like this. Okay, so I was at, I was attending a Portland Community College and I was in my second year and I was kind of like going through um, like a young life crisis, you can say, because I was just going through a lot and I wanted to really remove myself from my current situation and do something extreme and just leave everything behind. So um, 
I was really like my eyes and ears was really on study abroad. And one day I was walking down this hallway, and it said um, study in Africa, and I was and I picked up the papers and signed up immediately. Oh my gosh! So that must have been a Carpe Mundi brochure or something. Yes. Oh my gosh, that's amazing. And so, yeah, I mean, did you look into any other options or did you just immediately get in touch with them and start pursuing that path? I immediately got in touch with them because um, I remember them visiting my class. I was in a um, Future Connect class and it's like this college preparation class while you're in college at the same time. It's like they help you with college and um, they would come and visit those classrooms so i was like familiar with the program and when i saw the brochure outside in a random hallway i definitely signed up and i realized it was them so i trusted it all the way oh my gosh that's amazing and so you pick up this brochure and you're like okay i'm gonna go study study abroad and travel in africa how did you end up doing the spain morocco program like what drew you to that or what was that process like Yes, yeah, so um, doing the one in Morocco was, it was like, um, it kind of happened, it happened quickly, the Morocco one, because initially I signed up for the East Africa trip, but not enough people was going to East Africa, so they offered us um, North Africa and Spain, and the North African trip was in Morocco for two months, and then Spain for the last month. Gotcha. Oh my gosh. Amazing. That is a, I have not personally been to Morocco or Spain, but they have been high on my list. So that makes a lot of sense. And then I know that there's like, you know, it's kind of a year long program. So can you speak at all to the preparation and lead up or, you know, how, how that full experience was in addition to post-travel engagement? I know that there's a piece of it when you come back to Portland. So yeah, what was that full like year experience like with Carpe Mundi? Yeah. So, um, the preparation was it wasn't real to me because I was like, ain't no way I'm really about to leave for three months. But I was just going with it. I was just there. I was intending the whole time regardless. I was like, there's no way. But I don't know. It was just so unreal to me. And then everything felt like fun and, fun and games because I'm just like, yeah, I'm going to go to REI. And I never purchased a pair of tacos before. And I bought a new pair of tacos. I got this diamond backpack that's for hiking and stuff. Like I was buying all these, all this like um, gear for, for the travels. It was really fun getting prepared. I just, what I forgot to do is prepare myself mentally and emotionally. <laughs> yeah, that's such a big piece of it. Yes, and um, I remember I wrote. Um, we we have a we actually have a journal that we write in every single day, so I have every experience written down so I can like always go back and remember everything and my thanks to them and I remember coming well when I landed in Morocco I actually have the the first day I landed in very good details I could read it oh my gosh do you have it in front of you right now yes oh my gosh that yeah I, I think those first impression kind of that moment of oh my gosh what did i just get myself into yeah if you if you care to read it i'd love to hear your excerpt from that yes so first it was 
Um, I wrote this while in, um, before I landed in Morocco, we were in, um, we landed in Paris on Valentine's Day. So um, I was really upset because I lost my bag. They lost my bag. Alaska Airlines lost my bag. No. Was, yes, I was really afraid. And I All that gear you I worked remember, so hard to get. <laughs> <laughs> right. I was like, oh, my gosh. And I had on the same pair of panties for days and oh I was so upset because I I mean I would switch it out by using um I mean okay wait first of all I carried another pair of underwear inside of my bag because I was like oh this case is for my period I'm gonna need a new pair of panties on the flight so that was a plus but it's the fact that it was the same two rotating over and over and I was just like oh my gosh for the beginning of your semester that is so stressful Yes, it was, like, the only thing I had was a toothbrush, camera, and underwear. Oh, my gosh. Well, at least you brought two pairs of underwear. I mean, most people wouldn't even think to do that. (laughs) It was a smart move. Right. Somebody was talking to me from the future and just told me, hey, you're going to need to pack You better be prepared. (laughs) (laughs) Right. So I started off with absolutely nothing, like, not even a phone. So... It was bedtime on 2.14, and I wrote, walking off the plane, I'm right through the back, and the exit left to us outside like a private jet type of move. I remember looking in the distance and examining their trees, and that is when I felt it, and my heart said, this is Africa. The weather was a perfect heat moisture. However, at the same time, breathing in cities where it's more populated felt thick, as if I followed a gulp of thick milkshake, then you feel the thickness in your chest. With my bag being gone, I really paid close attention to the woman's clothing, trying to make out what is generally culturally appropriate. Everyone but Ma and Granny is wearing modern clothing. I mean, every single person. I kept asking why, and everyone's excuses. Oh, because it's a robot. So I said, bet. Then I asked, when we will see, like, have the chance to see local people being culturally appropriate? They said, in smaller cities. I said, bet. I love seeing, like, the famous, spots in different areas but don't get me wrong I did not want to on this specific trip I want to strictly be as local as I am at home in America if that makes sense I want to be in a national non-modern non-downtown environment I remember asking leader is Rabat fun or Murad we just live here they said it's more of we just live here after hearing that I started noticing young faces neighbors from a hostel view with their clothes hung up People walking on the roof casually with laundry. It felt overpopulated and polluted. We walked through Old City Medina. I remember thinking to myself, what a big Saturday market. I'm talking a whole little neighborhood full of stuff. People selling anything. Fake Gucci, Fendi, Adidas, Nike, Vans. Food that looked unsanitary. Food that looked really good. There were stray cats and random kids. The only light was the people and their opening business lights. So crowded, if you stop counting three with your eyes closed, you will lose your friend. I was curious and started asking, why does a fake product look so real? They don't know. And why do they have their stuff out so public if stealing is super contagious? I agree to the extent of keeping our stuff protected, but these people have their whole market vulnerable to the public by 100%. Like, everything was out. And 
sometimes you didn't even know where the owner was. So it's like, what? Like, they they warn you about pickpocketers, but when you go to Morocco, everybody leaves stuff outside. <laughs> so it was just really, I was like, okay, maybe they just steal from people that don't look like them. <laughs> and I asked, why do people sell so much of their culture clothing, but nobody really wears it? And I kept seeing the same style of this specific dress that was gown-like and it came to your ankles. I'm convinced that this is a dress to when I kept seeing, like, the the grandmas would wear and the moms would wear them very casually. You can't admire no one's clothing from afar without someone trying to lure you in as well. Like, you can look and they try to draw you in like a fishing pole all the time. They're like, hey... Um, are you looking at my stuff? You want to buy something? I'm like, no. <laughs> I'm just looking. <laughs> the salesmen are nice and very aggressively money hungry and soft attitude. So it's very like, I don't know. Walking from the market to the hotel, I examined how the air looked. It had this thickness in the dark where the streetlights lingered a couple feet extra. It looked muggy and humid, but it wasn't. It had a fresh, cool wind in the air, but you could feel the air on your face at the same time. And every time I walked next to the odor of some sort of, like, cigarettes or gas, I felt like that touched my face as well. And if you stare at the extended feet of the streetlights, like where the light reflection was, you could see dust like floaties. That is when I realized I'm never going to get comfortably clean. Oh, my gosh. Is that the end of it? Yes. Yeah, sorry. No, that's okay. Oh my gosh. So is that like now, two years later, looking back on that, is there anything that you, I mean, first of all, that was, that was beautiful. I'm thank you so much for sharing, but yeah, like looking back at that, is there anything that you're like, wow, I, cause I found when I travel and I look back at day one and then compare that to the end of the program and like your reflections and the way that you, your perspectives and how you look at things. Is there anything that changed throughout the program from those first day impressions? Yeah, so um, it was just like, I don't know, like, okay, so being from Portland or the Pacific Northwest in general, where we got this type of, like, like, we're, it's like, oh, we're all dirt people. We love dirt. We love earth and we love green, but we don't like other dirt. So it was like, it's like we like clean dirt, but not like people's dirt. So every time... I traveled, even if it was, like, just, like, a random city, like, California. I felt dirty in California. Just, and it was weird to be somewhere. I would be gone from home. Like, I can't even think about going home because it is so far away. It's, like, 14 weeks away. There's no way I could sit up here and think about going home at all. So it was, like, what I really remember is just, like, really feeling dirty. But... It wasn't, like, nasty, nasty. It was just, like, polluted, dirty. I just felt like, I don't know, like, I just felt like I was going to break out. And I did break out, but I don't know what it was from. I don't know it was stress, water. I really don't. But I just remember being like, oh, my gosh, like, this is crazy. Like, this is, like, the, like, it's just, I, I don't know how to explain it. It's not like it's the dirtiest I've ever been. Not like that. But it's just, like, it's the longest I've went without Portland water. I don't know. <laughs> I totally, yeah. I don't know if I mentioned this, but we're, I'm, 
I live in Oregon as well. <laughs> and, um, I, I think that that is such a funny way of looking at it. And I've never thought about it that way, but I, I do think that there's a particular like purity to the air and the water and the trees and everything that you get in Oregon. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, you know, just by nature of traveling, you're not, you don't have access to a shower all the time. You are, you know, maybe traveling on a public bus and then sleeping in, you know, yeah, different beds every few days or whatever it might be. It definitely is just, yeah, a different level of personal hygiene than you might have at home, um, <laughs> for sure. Yeah. yeah. And when you look back on your semester to Venezia, what is something that's a highlight or a moment that really sticks out to you as, yeah, one of your favorite experiences from that semester? Ooh, um, I had many favorite experiences. I think, um, I think the top, top favorite would be, mm, um, that's really hard. Okay, so, okay, got it. So the top would be when we, okay, there's two of them, there's two of them, because one was in Spain, one was in Morocco, and they're both pretty similar, so, um, so the, one in Morocco that I really, really enjoyed was the homestays and the trekking. We did a like a like a three or four day hike in the Atlas Mountains and we was hiking village to village. It was it went from cold to hot. It's like we went through four seasons in four days. <laughs> oh my gosh. Wow. Was that your first time like backpacking? Yes, it was. Oh my gosh, what an epic place to have your first experience doing that. That's amazing. And were you like sleeping in the villages or were you in tents? Yes, so we were actually sleeping in the villages. The lady that was guiding us everywhere, she was, um, she's like a a local and she's like top trekker of the city. And um, I forgot which city it was. Like all the names, you know really hard to remember but (laughs) that's okay (laughs) she was a top tracker and she's the one that really introduced me to a lot of like raw things in Morocco from nature to like the craziest it's it's not crazy but like like just the most unfamiliar thing I've ever done and it was a public bath it was and they called it a hammam we took a bath with (laughs) so it was they call it a hammam at first, I thought we was just like going to sit in a sauna because that's what they were describing it as. They're like, oh, yeah, it's a bunch of women. We all we all sit around, you know, you get sweaty. I'm like, oh, okay, it's not like a sauna to me. Like, uh-huh. hot. got it. And me and the girls, we're all excited to go. So we're on our way. And we get there, and I brought a bathing suit because, like, that. <laughs> and then, and then um, my homestay mom, she said, take that off I was like oh yeah yeah I'm much better based right now and then I put it I put it on like I took off my clothes and stuff and I'm putting on she's like um she said no take off your underwear I was like um man like we just ended up being stripped and, we, and now like before you know it everybody's butt naked in this room it's like it's like the changing room at a pool be like when you like take a shower and stuff and then um <clears throat> I was like, okay, I do not know what's going on. Are we singing the song of butt naked together? Like, and I was just like, oh my gosh, like, I'm yeah. in a room full of just, like, naked women, and it's hot. Oh, it was just crazy. And then, um, 
she opened up this room <clears throat> that led us to like the actual bathing place. And it was just hot water steaming from every single wall. It's like the walls had like holes, hoses from it, kind of. And um, the water would just like pour out. You could turn it on and turn it off like it's a hose from the side of the house type of thing. But just without the actual hose. It was just coming straight from the wall. And they gave us buckets. And they gave us scrubby things and soap. And we were supposed to all sit around each other. We sat in a circle and was watching each other wash ourselves. And I was like, well, it's not like, uh, it was like pretty funny. And <laughs> it was just like a bunch of female stuff. So there's no dudes there. But they're so comfortable with it. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my gosh. So was this like during a homestay experience? Yes. Oh my gosh. Well, and you know, I think that's one of those things that maybe is like an uncomfortable cultural difference in the moment, but hopefully something you look back on and you're like, wow, that was such a unique experience that I wouldn't have ever had otherwise. Yes. We loved it so much and we had so much fun. We went a second time (laughs) in a different city. Oh my gosh. (laughs) Oh my gosh. So not too traumatizing. It sounds like. (laughs) It was was like one of those like traumatizing, fun, adrenaline crazy things it's like we gotta do it again I mean we're gonna see the butt naked <laughs> we're yeah. here yeah I mean oh that's so funny so how many homestays did you have throughout the semester um so we had um if we don't include the villages three awesome was did you get to do one in Spain as well yes Awesome. And was there like a language component to that at all? I mean, obviously, I know you were traveling through a number of languages, but was there any language study in either of those places? Yes. Um, we in Morocco, we studied Arabic and the specific Arabic we studied was Darija and it's like native to Morocco. And very cool. Yeah. And then in Spain, we learned Spanish. <laughs> of course. And then, yeah, on the, I guess on the flip side of like highlights and favorite moments, what do you think was maybe your biggest challenge that you overcame on the semester or yeah, something that that you faced and feel like you grew from? Definitely. um, Oh, so many, but off the top of my head, for sure, was the Camino walk in Spain. Very, very challenging because it was like, I mean, it it was so different because I did not want to get up in general. It's 6 a.m. This is insane. Like, who wakes up before the sun? And, <laughs> like, it's not even, like, why are we doing this? But, in general, like, it was hard for me just to get up and get ready for the classes. But now we have to get up before the sun rises. So then we make it to the next city before the sun sets. And we was walking, like, the least miles we walked in a day was, like, 12. Oh my God. And we was on foot the entire time. No buses, nothing. It was hot. I got my first sunburn. Oh, I was so mad because I was like, I'm not supposed to get sunburned, you know? (laughs) Oh my gosh. So, did you do the whole Camino de Santiago? Not the entire thing, but we did a week of it. Oh my gosh. That's amazing. Yeah. Sounds tiring, though. But I know that's on a lot of people's bucket lists. That's, I mean, such a unique experience. Yes. If it's on your bucket list, you have to be prepared. Like, you can't. I was, first of all, I was wearing Harachis the whole time. I didn't think it was going to be this intense. But, you know, shout out to Nike and those Harachis because they really worked. I did not have a blister on my foot. 
No way. That's yeah. awesome. I don't know what it was. Maybe it's the socks I wore because I had like these wool. Or maybe, socks. yeah, maybe you'd broken them in well <laughs> at that point. <laughs> yeah. And um, yeah, I was wearing these old Rachis that really worked, but man, I've never walked. It's like our whole day was just to walk that day. What's on agenda? Walk. Like that is it. And we would stop if we if we were hungry and we all agreed. Oh, is everybody hungry? All right, let's stop right here in the middle of nowhere because that's just what it was. But I remember I had a lot of time to think to myself. That's what I really appreciated about the walk. And I think that's like really the purpose is um to have that type of reflection and like I don't know, you just notice like you get to know yourself way more and I figured out a lot about myself. I figured out like how I sweat and what my sweat smells like depending on what I eat. <laughs> oh my gosh. And how I burn. It was just it was great. Oh my gosh, so much. Yeah. I mean, and that's what a semester like this should be all about, right? Is like that personal discovery and Time for reflection, I'm sure, especially because Spain was later in the program, right? So, like, more yeah. time to reflect on the experiences you'd had thus far. Mm-hmm. That's amazing. Gosh, I feel like I feel like after the last year, we could all use a week of walking just to reflect. <laughs> oh my gosh, that sounds amazing right now. Um, and how many students were there in your group? Like, what was your group size? Um, there was eight students. Oh my gosh! And then did you have two instructors with you? Yes. Okay, gotcha. And yeah, I mean, do you keep in touch with all of your group mates or, or are you all still like messaging or have you seen anybody since the program? Yes, we're all like, we all still consider each other like really, really good friends. All of them. And there's like, like we see each other and there's, there's not, there's no way we cannot say hi. And we still hang out, all that. We have each other on all the social media handles. Yeah, so we're oh. really so connected. Awesome. Awesome. I know the, the friendships you can make on an experience like that are certainly long-lasting. Um, mm-hmm. that, that's awesome. And I know that also there was mentioned, and you mentioned this as well, that you have a particular passion for psychology, which it sounds like you're currently majoring in. And I'm curious, was that a passion that you discovered on your semester with Carpe, or was it like reinforced by your time abroad? Or yeah, what has that journey been for you? Oh, so, um, oh, sorry. Um, it was um, psychology and minor business for psychiatry. Yes, so, um, I think, so I was already, I had the passion before I went on the trip for sure. And while on the trip, my passion didn't really change. It was how, it was my journey changed. So like, it was like how I'm going to be a psychiatrist was very like, um, like, I changed the way I was going to do it. So, initially, I was, like, I would stress myself out every single day. Like, you know, stress me. You know, like, when you stress out, you get acting. <laughs> Type of stress. And um, after the trip, it really encouraged me to just slow down and take my time. And I don't have to rest at all with anything. It's, it's like... um it's like you just don't quit and take breaks. <laughs> and that's what I, I really learned on the trip. I mean, there's in Spain, 
they every single day they have siesta time and it's when everybody takes a break. And then in Morocco, they tell you to be there at three o'clock. They really pull up at five. So <laughs> it's really like just be patient and just relax and because like they try to here in America just in general they try to convince you that everything should be fast paced and everything should be like if you're not if you're not early you're not on time and it's like it's really stressful <laughs> environment and um I learned to like switch up my work like I don't work for people that requires me to just be so specific on timing. I actually have a really good job now, and it's, like, um, very flexible. And, I don't know, it just taught me to just bend a little bit more in life. And that really helped me in my career path because I can really study my content and not rush through it just to pass. Oh, my gosh, that's such a great way to look at your education versus, yeah, like, just trying to get the grade or just rush to this and rush to that. I mean, it's so true. That is such our mentality as Americans. And it's in a lot of ways really toxic, I think, you know, just to not, yeah, to not slow down and enjoy where you are and take your time, all of those things. So very cool that you have been able to continue that on since your, since your gap time. That's very true. It is very toxic. (laughs) Yeah. Well, I guess aside from that too, that kind of, you know, mentality that you're approaching your, your education with, what what would you say are your other biggest takeaways from that semester in Spain and Morocco? Like that have, yeah, continued on with you to today. Ooh, so much. Okay. One main thing. So first of all, um, this trip, it required no cell phones the entire time. We did not have a single device. In order for us to connect with our families, we had to go find an internet cafe in the building full of computers. And you just, write on Facebook and leave <laughs> because it costs like money every min every like 30 minutes it was like two dollars of their dollars like, two dirhams or two pesos whatever and um well like in Spain we actually went to a library we got smart about it but um, <laughs> um what I really admired about that aspect of the trip is um like, I'm really not dependent on my phone at all. And it's a good and bad thing. It's great in general. Like, you should live like that. It's only bad because in America, you can't really live like that. Like, I don't be next to my my devices <laughs> as much. And I miss out on so many, like, so much communication with people because I'm like, oh, my gosh, I'm sorry. I just really forgot. Like, I just really forget. Like, I was, um have my phone on me. And it got to the point where my phone is, like, basically on do not disturb. Like, there's, it doesn't vibrate and it doesn't ring. And um, I have it like that, so then I'm just not distracted by my phone. I really don't like my phone. But a lot of it is more like the Internet is way too consuming. And um, while I was on a trip, I did not feel, like, a single inch of insecurity at all. And it was, like, the greatest feeling. But I come back to America, and I got to, like, get done up again on all these forms that's very not authentic. And, I mean, I enjoy getting dressed up. It's fun. But it's just, it gets to a point where um, here, it's just, like, you can't come raw without 
feeling like you're being judged, and that's so frustrating. Like, in Morocco, I was growing every piece of hair out of my body, and, like, everything was grown out. And in Spain, like, my eyebrows were grown out, my mustache was grown out, my armpits, my arm hair. Everything was grown out. Of course, like, sometimes I have to shave it, so, like, you know, it's got a little dirty. or It's hard to put on lotion when you're hairy. <laughs> so I had to shave sometimes. But it's more like I remember, like, um, on our last, one of our last days, they asked me, um, what, is, what did you really learn or what did you really appreciate? And I remember saying, only thing, only thing you need is a pair of earrings to feel beautiful. Because that's the only thing I had when I was traveling was just earrings. Like, I had nothing. They had nothing for my hair type. That was insane. My hair was dry. But, <laughs> yeah. but it's like, um, despite everything, the only thing I needed was a pair of earrings. And, you know, people still wanted to marry me with this little mustache. So it was cool. <laughs> <laughs> it was fun. <laughs> I mean, I think that those two things are so crucial to, yeah, just like happiness. And it all it is also, I think, reinforced by social media and just the impact that that has on our mental health and our like vision of ourselves. And to be able to take a three-month break, I mean, kudos to you that you're able to basically keep out your phone on do not disturb and like <laughs> not be impacted by that. Because I think here it's so hard to do that because everything you do involves like needing to communicate with people or needing to be yeah, available. And it's this instant instant gratification that we've gotten so used to of like, oh, I'm going to text this person. They're going to text me right back. To take a break from that and to be able to yeah, like have that confidence and not worry about getting dressed up or putting on makeup or whatever it is that you think you need to do to be, to be beautiful right? versus just putting on a pair of earrings, right? I mean, yeah, those are such great things. If you can continue with that and keep that in your, I don't know, forefront of your mind, I'm sure your happiness levels will be so much higher. Yes, it's very high, and it's actually way, well, I saved so much money. Oh, I'm sure. <laughs> With just a pair of earrings. Like, you, we can always look nice, and we don't have to wear the most expensive thing to just feel nice. You can feel nice because you look good. Like, yeah. Yeah, Venezia, what are you, uh, yeah, is there anything else that that you think is important for the listeners to hear or potentially like somebody who might be considering taking a semester off of school or a gap year. Yeah. What, what's your final words of wisdom or pieces of advice? Yes. Yeah, so my advice to everyone is, um, really prepare yourself mentally and emotionally way more than physically. And like, what I mean, physically is like the things you pack <clears throat> It's really important to get, like, you know, the backpack the right size. But really, like, what you bring, it, like, um, I think, like, the most extreme thing I could not live without was um, my hair products, for sure. As long as, you pack, as long as you pack your favorite products, you are good. They got clothes abroad. They have toothbrushes abroad. Bring your favorite toothpaste, though, because you don't know what type of... I mean, like, they got crest, but crest in a different language. And I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Bring your favorite hair like, products. <laughs> Make sure you have those. You have to have your favorite products. That's the most important thing. Other than that, you are good. And bring some wet wipes. <laughs> 
for those long periods of time where you can't shower. <laughs> yes. And oh yeah. Oh my gosh. Bring like a big big hydro oh my gosh. So hydroflask is really important and it's like it was just so convenient. The temperature stayed the same the entire time. And we all know like, you know, that's how hydros work, so that's really important. Yeah. And a headlamp flasks are amazing. <laughs> <laughs> a headlamp is important but yeah I would just advise everybody to just um, really focus on your your um, mental emotional change a lot and like your body change focus on that more than you focus on your external um, self really focus on the internal because that's all you have when you're out there Totally, Venezia. Well, thank you so much for joining us today and for sharing your many stories and memories and insights from your time with Carpe Mundi. That is just, I've loved hearing you, you know, look back on your semester from two years ago and all the many memories. Um, and thank you everyone out there for listening as well. You can find Carpe Mundi on Instagram at Carpe Mundi PDX or online at carpemundi.org. You can find us here at Gap Year Radio on Instagram and Facebook at Gap Year Radio or online at gapyearradiopodcast.com. You can email us your Gap Year questions or comments at gapyearradio at gmail.com. And lastly, you can download our show wherever you find your favorite podcasts. And if you have a moment, we'd love for you to leave us a review on Apple Podcasts so more people can discover Gap Year Radio. Thank you so much, Venezia. It's been great chatting with you. Thank you for having me. Thank you.